Hi and welcome to this week's Three Legs Four Wheels F1 podcast. It's Paul here with Sean, Chris, and Lee. Bit of a delay, Chris. You've been somewhere. Me? No, I'm not. I'm not delayed at all. <laughs> <laughs> how are we all this week? All all right. Yeah. How are you? I'm not too bad. Not yeah, too bad. Re- reasonable. Reasonable. Yeah. The the weather's good. Um, sit in the garden. Um, watch the watch the mad landlady argue with gardeners. That's always uh, that's always a laugh. Nice. Yeah. Have to buy fake security cameras for her to put up. I'm sure I've explained this one before, but they arrived today, and uh, some of the spelling on them's fantastic. About um, they contain small farts that aren't suitable for children. Most farts aren't suitable for children. Let's be honest. Yeah, but children enjoy them more than most. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the giving, the giving and receiving. We've all we, we all love a good sniff of our own. <laughs> it's, you know it's a particularly bad one when you do one for one of your own and you have to get away from it <laughs> yeah, absolutely they're usually the ones that feel spicy <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh the ones in some, somebody in close proximity to you say in bed while you're asleep does one that bad that the smell wakes you up yeah but yeah that was a bad one to be fair <laughs> Anyway, getting getting uh, back on topic because uh, there is actually quite a bit of F one stuff again this week. We're only um, four shows away from a race preview. We are indeed, and there will be racing. Um, first thing is though, it's looking a bit crap for Williams at the minute. Obviously, I... being hit by the COVID thing, but this this is something that's been happen- This is something that's been coming for a long time, and this global thing that's going on at the moment has really laid to waste those who were vulnerable anyway <laughs> and uh Jesus in Christ. terms of formula one yeah <laughs> but in terms of formula one i thought my last nan standing joke was bad <laughs> yeah it was but the in terms of formula one williams are the vulnerable party and economically they've been on a slide for a long time and it doesn't look like they can survive this episode no um i'm hoping they do survive this episode i don't have to do a jump cut at the end of it well they've said they're working on a new livery Uh, for when racing resumes so that suggests they are terminated their partnership with rocket haven't they yeah yes after one year of a five-year deal which is not good now they they released their their annual statement last week and it shows that they've had 28 million in loans over the last year, um, most of which coming from Nick Latifi's dad, yeah, and his organisation, and some from HSBC as well. Their um, their bankers. Not going to make the cheap joke. Um, but too easy, isn't it? Yeah, but they said they are desperately trying to refinance and. There is no limit to what they'll do, including selling the team off. Now they've already they've already mortgaged the historic cars, put those up as security against the loan, which I think was, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was for the Latifi money. Not sure. I know that. I know McLaren did that. Did Williams do that as well? Did they remortgage their. Yeah, William Williams did that a few few weeks ago. Um, yeah. Okay. I know McLaren did it, but I wasn't aware that Williams had already yeah, I think I done the same that one. thing. Yeah, no, this um, this came out 
this came out at the end of last week that they um, they had done it a while back, and I do vaguely remember it being a sort of small story about them raising the money against the historic car collection. Um, obviously, dropping the sponsorship agreement with Rocket. Now, according to somebody who looked through the figures, which I will be the first person to admit I didn't because uh, it's accountancy and I don't understand half of what's going on because you know it's where minuses are pluses and various things like that. But it's just maths. It's well, it depends how complicated you try and make it. But apparently they haven't yet received the first year sponsorship payment from Rocket, which has caused them cash flow issues as well. And it was Williams that had terminated the partnership. Now, I'm only going on a couple of news stories that I've read. So it's looking, you know, the, the deal with Rocket was looking decidedly iffy. Now, Rocket have said that they are keeping going with all their other motorsport sponsorship because they sponsored W Series. They've been sponsoring the, um, what is it, the Race Legends Trophy. Yeah. Oh, they sponsor the whole thing, the whole uh, championship. Like the, 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 the Races Esports League. Right. And they've got Formula E sponsorship involved they as well. They sponsor Venturi, is it? In Formula E? Um, I think it's Venturi. Are we also- then no, they, they is it um, Nick Hamilton? Uh, yeah, in the British touring cars. Yeah, they're all, they're all over Nick Hamilton's cars. So. They're big in tennis as well and snooker. They're sort of sprinkled about the place. They do the over forty five snooker championship. That's the one. So how very specific. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, that means most snooker players. Yeah. Yeah, true. It does actually, or at least the one, at least the ones I remember. But, yeah, Rocket basically said that it's what's happened with Williams isn't affecting their sponsorship. But what's happened with Williams, what's happening with Williams is are we getting towards seeing the end of one of the most famous names on the grid? Looks we always way. said it was possible, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, that, like people keep saying about how it'll be bought up because of the name and the heritage you buy when you buy the name. And I'm. I, has that ever worked? Yeah, really. Lotus, like Lotus, Brabham. No, no, but that's right. Has it ever actually worked where somebody's come in with the funding to do what needs to be done in the team? No, and exactly. Not, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so, I it just it doesn't look good. You know, it's it, if you if you've got Tyrrell, for instance, and the name Tyrrell was, and that didn't stay in Formula One. So why would Williams? I think the issue is when you get someone who's rich enough to buy a Formula 1 team, they then come with enough ego that they want that team to carry their name. Yeah. So they wouldn't yeah. necessarily want it to be named after some other guy. And even if it's not even if it's not ego, it's um having something to pedal, you know, having something that that you want to promote. Yeah. Yeah, because we all wondered yeah. what was the what was the actual meaning behind Racing Point last year and then we find out it was just a holding pattern before Lawrence Stroll names it after one of his companies that he's bought. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. Was, I was still convinced as soon as he bought Force India out, within a year it was going to be Hilfiger Racing. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, or, or at least heavily sponsored. You know, like the, it would have been a title sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, Tommy, Hil- Tommy Hilfiger Racing Point or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's sad, like, I was, because I, I had a discussion with somebody on um, social media about this because they... they sort of pointed out that uh, it, it was quite a quick, sorry, it's been quite a, a long fall from grace. And I, I pointed out the the two-thirds 
in the constructors' championship. They oh, sorry, two seconds. Was it two seconds or two thirds? I think it might have been sec- a second and a third. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even in um, oh, I can't remember what year it was now. Uh, when when Barrichello was in the car, they were like fourth in the championship then. And it, you know, it's it's not been like as long a drop as you think it has. It's been coming, but. It's it's been since the I mean obviously the the last year of Martini racing wasn't ideal but the it's been the, the loss of that sponsor but more importantly the loss of actual drivers I think's been the been the problem. Yeah, because if you go back to when the turbo era started, twenty fourteen, Mercedes were the top dogs, obviously you know because they had the jump on everyone else. But then, really, it, it, for much of the season, it did look like Williams were the second best team. Like, I can't tell you exactly where they finished in the in the championship that year, but the following year was when they should have won the British Grand Prix, and they didn't. Um, yeah. You know, it's just they had Felipe Massa, who okay, fine, may have been past his best after his. Um, very nearly title at Ferrari and uh, Valtteri Bottas, who's clearly got a lot of pace. He's, he's clearly a very fast driver. But, strong mid-grid team, though. Well, strong upper towards the top end of the yeah. grid team, you know, and yeah, it's just... I'm not saying that either of those drivers were pay drivers as such, but, you know, there there was a history of start, starting to bring pay drivers in, you know, and then... And then that, that that's all it appears to have been lately, you know, with Stroll and Sorokin. They were even teammates, weren't they? At one point, Stroll and Sorokin. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, even Maldonado, if you take Maldonado, who was a pay driver, you know, he was, he yeah. was bringing a lot of money into the team. But I, I, he was massively crashy. Let's not, do, let's not beat around the bush there. But there was at least a raw pace under there somewhere. Hey, we watched him win a race on Thursday night. Which yeah, watch uh, watch him win a race on a Sunday afternoon in Spain. That's the craziest thing. But the um, these two things, yeah. these two things may have been related. Yeah, but um, I, I I just don't know what what the what the fix is for Williams. Um, I get the feeling we're going to see the second team on a grid that is being owned, run, and financed by a Canadian billionaire. Do you think? Right. Latifi's already bought in. He's got his he's got got his son a seat in the car. Yeah, uh, he's lent the team an absolute shit ton of money right. on top of what he's paying to put his son in the car. He is, I don't know how much money like the Latifi family. I don't know what they're worth. I, I I have no idea. They're not worth as much as the strolls, but it's not far off. Right. Okay. They could quite happily holiday together without worrying it. Without one of them feeling inferior. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he is. He is still. He is still a billionaire, and that's not you with this cold try to say millionaire. Right, okay. So there is there is money. There is a hell of a lot of money behind Latifi. So this is what makes this is what makes me think he's in he's in the prime position to buy the team out. And I I I get the feeling this announcement that Everything's up for sale. I mean, don't forget, parts of Williams are still a publicly listed company, so they've got to they've got to let the stock market and shareholders know what the finances are and what the dealings are. And I think this is just preparing for here comes takeover. here comes the offer. It's a takeover bid, 
the board recommends that you sell your shares to um, Latifi Inc. We'll, we'll, we'll call it Racing Square because Racing Point has already been used. So Racing Comma. <laughs> and you sell your shares for this price, which is X above the current median stock market price. So Forbes estimates that Michael Latifi is worth circa two billion, or at least two billion, um, whereas Stroll is two point six. Still strong money. We're talking a lot of money, aren't we? Yeah. Especially when uh, you know, I had um, we uh, discussed. Uh, I think it was off microphone about the. Um, not altercation, but the conversation that I'd had with somebody else on a social media platform uh, who couldn't understand why Williams were in so much trouble. Uh, Williams were in so much trouble, but McLaren apparently had to follow suit. And it's just like, well, twenty-one percent of McLaren is owned by like three point by somebody who's got like three point two billion, um, and like Williams is wholly owned still to this day by Frank Williams, who is only worth like 160, I say only worth, I mean, <laughs> like, like, like it's pennies, only worth 165 million, which in modern day uh, Formula One and modern day sports is not a lot of money anymore. And I think Williams's issue is, well, there's a lot of issues, but the, uh, one of the main issues is, is, is how stuck in the past they actually are. They still trying to be the, the the plucky garage team that can you know outperform uh, all the, the the major manufacturers with uh, their tech and their philosophy and they know how to win. They don't know how to win. They haven't won a race for eight years. Before that, it was a long time before that. But since it they'd was, won a race, uh, it was eight years before that. It was two thousand and four. Was the race before then? Well, there you go. Because so, I, I, I put that in the chat on Thursday night when um, when we were watching the Maldonado win, saying the last time last time anyone won in a Williams before then was uh, two thousand and four. Is it so Ralph Schumacher? It was. Yeah. So eight years between Williams wins, I'm having twenty quid on George Russell to get a win this season. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. due. That's true. I'll take yeah. that. I'll take that bet. <laughs> And as I said at the time, and I'll say, I'll say it now in public, if he gets a win, that Three Legs, Four Wheels t-shirt that I got him to sign has suddenly gone up in value, and I'm getting it insured. The, uh, <laughs> the thing is, if we this brings us on nicely, sort of kind of ties us in with it with another story that we've got. If they're going to do this reverse grid thing that they've been just been banded about, uh, and you know, rain or something crazy happens, uh, and George Russell just happens to avoid everything, finds himself out front because reverse championship order, um, that could well be the case. We could see George Russell winning the race. Um. I don't know how the reverse grid's going to work. We'll, we'll we'll move we'll move on to this now. Although I do have one comment that I've just so seen. Just just, just seen quickly before before we move off because I, w- I was waiting to say to say this. I I was just going to say on the on the Williams buyout thing. Um, I don't think Latifi will buy it, will buy it because it's it's different to buying for Racing Point. So and especially if if they if they're sort of friends as well. He'll have all the inside information of what it was like dealing with Williams as a like as a partner as far as the the team goes, and it's not like all Williams need is money. That's a racing point. Realistically, you could argue for the last sort of two or three years have only needed extra funding to become an upper mid grid team. But Williams needs Williams needs 
it needs burnt to the ground and rebuilt again. Don't don't forget though, when the new owners come in, they've got the opportunity to do that. And if it is the if it is the current management that's holding them back, bringing new management in with new ideas and money to expand the team, because the, the Williams can't expand from the position that they're in at the minute. Because yeah, but you need somebody that knows Formula One, don't you? You need you need somebody to come in and buy the team that knows Formula One, not a a, a businessman coming into that company with no like knowledge of how to run a Formula One team won't work because he won't know what to do and he can't trust the team to know what to do. No, but you've got the money to pay the, pay the people that do know what to do to bring them in. I mean, Str- Lawrence Stroll didn't have massive knowledge of Formula One really when he took over Racing Point because he'd already, um, he'd been involved with Williams for what eighteen months at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think that. I think that's a fair time though to get your feet under the table. And I mean, Latif, Latifi's been involved in the racing game for quite a bit. Cause, I mean, Nick Latifi's been on the on the grid there or thereabouts, and even doing practice sessions for the last few years. The difference yeah. with Racing Point, though, is that that was actually a fairly successful team at that point. They just ran out of money. Mm. They actually yeah. all the all the all the right people were there. They just needed someone to pay them. Whereas Williams yeah. has more work to do. Yeah, Williams well, has none of the right people by the looks of things, and also um, none of the money. So, I mean, and you can throw money at a problem all day and all night, and it's not going to solve it until you get the the right personnel. Who who I, I agree with Lee on that point. If somebody comes in and throws a lot of money at the team, there's no point throwing money at the people who are already in the team. They're going to have to wipe the board and start again with people who know what they're doing in Formula One. And this this is what this is what I think will happen. I think if Latifi does buy the team out, we'll see huge sweeping changes, and he'll actually pay the right money to get the right people in. And I think that's this is what Williams as an entity needs. If it's you know because it can't carry on the way it is. It can't it can't continue to be run by the current management. I think. While he has the capital to do it and possibly the interest, I don't think he would actually be that interested because otherwise why would he have invested so much in McLaren a couple of years ago? He could quite easily have bought a much bigger stake of Williams, but he chose to invest in something that maybe is a little bit more stable. Don't forget that the money that he's given to Williams isn't an investment, it's actually a loan. So Williams had never been open to really to outside investment. It's, we'll have your money, but... You're not you're not getting anything in return for it. With the money that Latifi put into McLaren, it was a whole McLaren organisation, and it was as a shareholder. So maybe now things have changed, and Williams are looking to offload the team. I think it's easy though. It's easy or just offload because the somebody's got. It's easy because just to think, because because somebody's got like a filthy amount of money that they're quite happy to frivolously throw away hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, where in the opposite is probably quite the case because you don't become a billionaire by making stupid business decisions. And buying a Formula One team in general is a stupid business decision unless the sort of unless the moons align like a racing point where you can buy a fully functioning Formula One team that's running well. Don't forget though, Stroll isn't the only investor in uh, in Racing Point. He is the head no. of he is the head of the consortium that bought it. Yeah, and this is what makes me think maybe Latifi's got other contacts out there 
who it, would invest in like something buying, like this. It's like buying a really nice house, yeah? You go and get buy a really nice house, and it's like a 18-bedroom manor house. Like it's immaculate. All the furniture's in there. Everything's ready to rock. Every house has got like a... Every room's got a 82-inch television with a 7.1 surround sound, sound system. Only catch is it's on fire. <laughs> that's what buying Williams is. And that's why you buy that house with your mates and hope one of them's, <laughs> and hope one of them's a fireman. <laughs> but the thing, the thing as well with um, with Michael Latifi is he did make all that money himself. It's not inherited. He did come from very sort of humble beginnings and has worked his way up. He is not going to throw it away. No, so wait, hang on a second. If um, Michael Latifi is calling himself Michael Latifi, is his name really Michael Latifi or is it Michael Latifi-Fievich? <laughs> I don't actually know. He's, I think they're Iranian, yeah, I think, fair. originally. But he, I think when he emigrated to Canada, he worked like a, a real entry-level job in McDonald's and learned all about costings and import and export through that and then set up his own Got business. So he's, so he's self-made. Which, Very much which so. To be only to be admired. Let's be honest. Yeah, he is really so he, he's he is really called Michael Latifi. So he probably he probably get on really well and have a really really like good working relationship and respect for Claire Williams. Then being a self made man, <laughs> but that might be more Nicholas that understands Claire's position. <laughs> but yeah, are we going to see him at the start of the group? That start of the season, probably. We're we going to see him at the end. Oh, knows I don't we're... know. But the, uh, one thing that, that I do find quite interesting about it, I know we said we're going to move on from Williams, but I'm lying. Um, <laughs> is so, the... McLaren. <laughs> <laughs> um, the fact that they're quite, they're quite adamant to point out every time that Williams talk about it, that it's either a partial or full sale. So like the, that to me says that the Williams family are desperate to hold on to or retain some kind of... Uh, not a stranglehold sounds wrong, but um, controlling you know, some interest. kind of. They want to keep it on a leash. They don't mind somebody else having it, but they they must still be attached to it somehow. And I think this could be the whole downfall of it if an investor or consortium of investors come in. I think the more likely party that could be after Williams might be the Mazepins. because we know they tried to buy Racing Point to the extent they appealed against. Stroll's takeover and has similar kind of net worth. Yeah, that could see um, Mazepin in the uh, in the Williams. Yeah, because you're Nikita Mazepin, isn't it? Nikita yeah. Mazepin. Nick- I want to say Dimitri is the dad, the Nick- one that has the, the money. No, Nicholas Marzipan, as we used to call him. Yes. Now, Ural Chem Racing sponsorship, which is Mazepin's. I'll say that vehicle for driver sponsorship has been an absolute out-and-out war with SMP Racing, who had money in Williams before when Sorotkin was in the car. And those two have been at each other's throats for a few years. So could Mazepin, yeah, could Mazepin come in as a sort of screw you? you, know, yeah, you got, I mean, we know last time a team was up for sale, they wanted it. Now another team is up for sale. Yeah, because how how much was how much was Dimitri Mazepin putting into Force India as was to get uh, Nikita FP ones? I reckon quite a bit. Almost definitely lots. Mm. So 
whichever way, it looks like Williams is going to not be um, not be a British team anymore. One well, way or another. I, yeah, I don't know about that, and I know a lot of people are like Lee said at the beginning, like romantically um, holding on to the fact that well, Williams still might be in charge. It would just be owned by different people. No, That's not the problem, though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is why That's... they're at where they're at now. This is why they're for sale. <laughs> you might as well put Serena Williams in charge. No, she'd get Probably shit do. done though. This is, is true. <laughs> Yeah, but their, their Twitter and Instagram accounts will be a hell of a lot more interesting. <laughs> you've seen, you've seen, you've seen the sign for Williams. You've seen the scary doll Instagram. Yeah, that thing is weird. Serena's child has a weird doll that has its own Twitter account, like blue is tick it Twitter Claire? account. No, I can't remember what the doll is called. Called, but it's they take pictures of it everywhere the doll goes, and it's it's a bit odd. So that's a, a side seen... note. My my friends took a pet monkey on uh, holiday once and took pictures of it in bars and things. Not like a real one, or like a, a, a stuffed toy. But it, it that that didn't sound nearly anywhere near as sinister as what they're doing. <laughs> no, it is. It is quite uh, out of context. It's a very sinister-looking doll, just like sat on railway platforms and that kind of thing. Oh, we. Are we talking like Annabelle styles levels of creepy here? Like Winston from Jack Whitehall's Travels with My Father. Yes, like Winston. That is weird. <laughs> <laughs> See, the only the, the only thing I want to hear as far as Jack Whitehall and travel go is accident. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a fan. I just I like comedians. <laughs> I, that's Michael my, Whitehall. That's Michael Whitehall is a natural comedian. I don't think he means to be funny. Um, obviously, he's playing a character when he's on TV with Jack, but he's some of the things he says. You can just tell they're just they just they literally are straight from his mouth, and they are just the funniest things that of, of the program. So the funniest thing about Jack Whitehall is that he's got a dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody's ever been so deadpan since Pan died. Fuck me, the doll's got a Wikipedia page. Oh God, that's it. What's the doll called, by the way? Kai Kai. Of course. Right, everybody go and look up Kai Kai, because you... Uh, How do you spell that? Uh, I, I've shared the Wikipedia page in our Three Legs, Four Wheels chat, but uh, it is spelled Q-A-I-Q-A-I. I can see that now. And don't That's not a normal-looking doll. <laughs> and don't send any bills for therapy to us. <laughs> Where's Kai Kai? That's a, hey, Kai Kai, where are you? Open the fucking thing. Oh, Come yeah. On. Yep, that's yep, that's not fun. Shall we talk about reverse grids? Yes. Yeah, I thought. Oh, I thought fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> why would Why would you take that anywhere? Oh, that is... Other than to the tip. I'm got for the benefit of uh, for the benefit of anybody that's listening. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna share this on. Uh, no, no, um, that's now our, our it's it's the it's the main podcast photo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still gonna I'm still gonna share this on uh, on Discord. Can we okay. stick it? Can can you Photoshop it into a Williams? I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll give it I'll give it a go. I will give it. Oh God, now that thing's staring at me. It's on my screen. No, I'm being <laughs> I'm, I'm being kai kai from two sides side sides. It's looking into <laughs> look, my look, soul. Look, look right, reverse grids, reverse grids. Qualify, yes, qualifying grids. experiments. This is this is um, not being funny. I, I mentioned this to Lee 
on Twitter the other day. But if this is like a like a test for what they want to, you know, they're going to run these as like um like a test for twenty twenty one, um or when or maybe possibly even when the rules change in twenty twenty two as it is now. What we're going to get in twenty twenty two if they go ahead with this is a total hybrid of what I said to fix Formula One about two years ago and what Lee said to fix Formula One about two years ago. Yeah. Literally is a mixture of mine and Lee's ideas. <laughs> yeah. So for one year, we are in charge of F1. Or is it, sorry, I, I from think, 2022? I think we've just been plagiarised. <laughs> yeah, I think people have been listening to us and just stealing our ideas. Well, people actually listen to us. Apparently so. Apparently Ross Broad. <laughs> Considering you two aren't even in the same room, that was immaculate that was timing. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I expect nothing less when the lockdown's over and we're all in the same place at the same time again. <laughs> well, the lockdown is kind of over for us, isn't it? I mean, I know a lot of people around the world, listeners perhaps are still struggling with it having to self-isolate or whatever or not can, being can able to work, can, go can, back to normal working conditions. But Chris, 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 talk quieter for the benefit of the South African listeners who will all have hangovers by the time this comes out because they've been allowed to buy booze for the first time in two months this week. Not at all. Good morning! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what, um, what they are looking at doing is these are just going to be for the double-headers. So, Just for the double headers. Yeah, at the moment it's Austria and Silverstone, and according to Christian Horner, possibly one more later in the season. Well, we know Bahrain is scheduled for two. Yes, Bahrain two happens before Bahrain one. Correct. And I think Mexico or the US might be because I can't see a Brazilian oh, Grand Prix. Double Mexico, yes. I can't see a Brazilian Grand Prix happening. And um, Brazilian uh, Brazil has said that their Grand Prix is, to, is still scheduled to go ahead as per. Normal. Yeah, but aren't they still saying coronavirus is just the sniffles? And yeah, they, they, have they like are 3, currently deaths in twenty-four hours. Yeah, aren't they the worst country in the world now, Brazil, Pretty when much. it comes to dealing with the virus? Yeah, I'm not so. just I'm not just dealing with the virus. I, yeah. I the only thing to, to say is though it's it there does seem to be a trickle down effect when it hits countries. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like where it's when it swept through Italy, and Italy was the worst country yet today. Uh, today, it's the, they've said that it's essentially the disease isn't in the country anymore. Uh, I think we need to keep it in perspective with these things. Sometimes it's where we're looking at countries going, oh well, that country's in in a really bad position with it. You think, no, they're they're just earlier in their pop part of the curve than we are now. So by the time we get to Brazil time, we very well might be able to have a race there. Possibly, but um, all that aside, uh, Bahrain is definitely ha having two. Or that was that was on the last calendar, and like I say, I think I think Brazil may or may not happen. But anyway, what they are doing for the double headers is the first race being just standard Saturday qualifying, Sunday race. And for the second one, to mix things up a bit, having a sprint race on a Saturday in reverse championship order. So, which I'm guessing for Austria will be reverse finishing order. Yeah. For the second Austrian race, because um, that's how the championship will be. 
Reverse finishing, yeah, it would be reverse finishing order for the second race. So they they must only be doing it for the second of the double headers. Um, because they can't do it for the beginning of the of the season, can they? No, that's that's why I think the, the first the first Austrian Grand Prix will be standard Saturday qualifying Sunday race, and the yeah. second one will be the will be the sprint race on the Saturday. Yeah, with the grid set for the sprint race in reverse order of reverse finishing order from the week before and then the sunday race starting in the finishing order of the saturday race yeah they've not said if they're going to give it points yet or not i like the idea of it though because it gives much more relevance to saturday and whereas your casual fan really doesn't care about the saturday and the qualifying they just want to see the race um it, it it lends more of a more gravitas to the saturday part of it the fact that there is a race and it decides who's going to be in in what position for the for the sunday race so is it, is it going to be like 25% distance or something like that is it has that been decided how apparently how long the race will be apparently they're, they're in sort of the latter stages of planning for it at the moment so they've not decided yet i think 25% would probably be a good idea cuz i mean that would work out at about 17 laps of Austria, something like that. That would be about right, wouldn't it? Yeah, because Aust- Austria's about sort of high 60s. About 70 isn't laps, isn't yeah. it? Ish. Yeah, ish. So yeah, you'd, you'd sort of be looking at about a 17, 17 ish lap. <coughs> yeah. Not enough, not enough time for carnage, but give, chance, give a few cars chance to actually make passes. Yeah. And I think I think yeah, I think you'd have to look at half race distance for a sprint race, wouldn't you? No, I think that's too long. Because yeah, it? you want you want to be able to thrash the shit out of the tires, don't you? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you don't want to have to have a pit stop in the in the sprint race, really. Otherwise, it's not a sprint. You got strategy in the sprint race; it becomes a race. Uh, I think they, then you just have to look at what t- what tires they were using for the sprint race. But I do see the. Well, I, 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 I think if they're going to do that, then make it that um, everyone does a sprint race on the medium of the cup. Well, the med- on the mediums. Yeah, of the three compounds. Yeah, it'll you know stick them out on the yellow tires every week, regardless of what compound that is. Be it two, yeah. f- two, three, or four. You absolutely have to give the drivers the 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 driver at the back at least a lap to pass every car. There has to be at least a, a lap in the bag to try and get past every car because I mean how often in Formula One do we see see somebody take over like three or four people in a lap? It doesn't happen an awful lot. You know, it's most most of the time it takes like half a lap to set up and then they'll do them on the next lap if they're fast enough to do it. Yeah, but that's not it's not the the, the be all and end all, is it the Saturday race? So I mean if you're seventeen laps around Austria and so let's say for example Lewis Hamilton starts at the back of the grid and he only manages to pass 11 of the 20 of the 20 cars he starts ninth on the grid on Sunday and you still would say on a normal I say a normal like a normal weekend if Hamilton was to something was happening he qualified ninth you put in a bad lap or whatever yeah he could um, be up to fourth in seven you could be up laps. to four well yeah. yeah not even 17 laps if you if for the feature race on the Sunday if that's going to be a full race distance still Starting ninth, he'll be he'll be at the top end of the of the of the race by the by the end. So, I don't think you need to allow too much for the sprint race because otherwise, you end you'll end up negating the Sunday race. But I, I, you can't have so few laps there; it's an insurmountable task. 
there has to be a realistic chance of the best cars at the back of the grid still getting to the front. Otherwise, it's it's an unfair... You know, it's unfair anyway, essentially. Just I, I don't mean unfair as in it shouldn't happen. Just the, the way it's worked, it weights things against the stronger teams. But if you if you weight things against the stronger teams and make it a like a task that is just simply not uh, doable, then I think it's uh, it, it's it's a bit funny. You know, you you want you want to give them the opportunity to at least to get pole. I think seventeen is enough though. If you're at the back, you've got two DRS zones every lap you're going to have faster cars trying to pass slower cars so some people are going to take themselves out just by sheer tripping over yeah i think if you if you are genuinely that much faster i don't think one to two cars per lap is unreasonable if assuming the field remains bunched which it will do because there'll be safety cars i think hungry would argue with you you can get passing at Hungary. This is the thing I don't understand why people have got such a such a downer on Hungary being like the third race of the season. You you can pass at Hungary into into the first turn, into the second turn, uh, into the fourth turn, back part of the lap if you're really brave. There, there's opportunities to pass at Hungary. There's not. It's not like there's there's zero zero places to pass. I, I think it's it's not necessarily the track, is it? It's just it's the way the cars have been. The um, uh, with the turbulent air, it's just been really hard to follow there the past few years. The problem well, is, that, this should be the new cars that they're doing these new these these rules with. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I think this is set up so that when they do have the new rules, will make it easier to follow. I think that's when they'll bring it in. So it probably won't be until you know they'll probably do a few more test runs in 2021 before they finally bring it in for definite in 2022. I mean, don't forget, well, they're not even going to have this at Hungary because Hungary's just a one-off race, so that's going to be standard Saturday qualifying Sunday race. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, in, in in future, if they do bring it in yeah. as, a, as a as a full thing, I think if it works this year, they might bring it in for the season next year. Yeah, like Monaco might be fun. There you go. There's one for you. I mean, I, Monaco's. Uh, I I'm definitely starting to go towards the to be in the club of. We should just get rid of Monaco as a race. As an exhibition, I think it's worth putting together because it's Monaco. Monaco's it's it, it is still a really good test of driver skill. Um, you know, with the barriers being literally lining the streets the whole way around the circuit, um, sort of the, the the position of it on the Mediterranean and the fact that it's got you know all the all the gl- glitz and glamour that comes with it as well. And Flavio's, I think it's Flavio's a great, in the great house. idea for. Sorry. And Flavio's in the house. And Flavio's in the house. I think it's a great place to have a, a, a an event. But as a championship race, I'm not so sure. But then, you know, with it being with it being so traditional, and also the um, you know one of the longest running events on the calendar, do you then just like ditch it off the championship? It's a difficult one to decide. But they could. Um, there is the opportunity that for them to change Monaco, isn't there? Because they're reclaiming a load of land and extending the actual Monaco itself, the place. So there is the potential for them to change the track once that's finished. Yeah, I mean there there is actually there is actually talk of um, a completely redesigned circuit in two years' time, keeping some of the iconic stuff and adding new faster areas. I don't know. I'm not sure. Is it, the land that they're reclaiming is in that main? 
the har- harbour work so that they can get more boats in, so that you know they can get more money in. I don't know, so the- but they asked Prince Wass's face about this a couple of years ago, and he said that they hadn't ruled out adding track. I don't know because that he necessarily gets Formula final e say. Did but- a different did a different circuit, didn't they, to Formula One? Yes. Kind, they, they, kind but of. now they do the same. Yeah, they adapted it, didn't they? Because it's a different car. Yeah, you, t- you turn right. You turn right at turn one instead of um, going up Sandovot, and then you come out at the um, chicane at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So it's, it's kind. Of, it's kind of half a circuit, and you don't. You don't do the tunnel or the hairpin. God, could you imagine Formula E at the um, at the bloody Lowe's hairpin? The way that. Well, every Formula E driver decides to drive onto somebody at every slow corner. It'd be like some sort of sci-fi movie where all the drivers and cars just like meld into one. <laughs> was it? Was it the what was it called? Was it the Philadelphia Experiment where, or where the di- the ship disappeared and came back, and there was like crew members hanging out of the side of the, uh, like of the metal and stuff. Be like that. I was thinking it was going to be something like Starfleet, where they all merged into one giant robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Qua- is was it Quaid? Was Quaid the little man hanging out of somebody? It was. Oh, was in that, uh, Total Recall. Yeah, yeah. It, that, that's what all every, every Formula E driver would be like. Yeah, don't have, a, don't have a reverse grid race at Monaco. It would not be pleasant. And don't have a Formula E race there either. I, I tell you what would make it exciting is if you had a reverse grid, for a reverse, reverse track for half the grid. So they started like back to front and then 10 cars go forward and 10 cars go back. And we only get one lap of action, but that middle bit would be really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, would it though? Because I mean, the tunnel's about halfway around, so it all happened in there, and they've only got two cameras. <laughs> yeah, didn't didn't the cameras totally miss? Was it Alonso and Schumacher touching each other years ago, touching each other, <laughs> <laughs> uh, touching each other in the tunnel years ago? Um, <laughs> didn't, they, didn't they have a didn't they have a coming together where um, one of them had to had to end the race? I think Alonso had to retire. Well, I think uh, I think it was two thousand and one where it missed Schumacher. The miss Schumacher clout in the barrier in the tunnel, and nobody knew anything about it until he limped out on three wheels doing about fifty miles an hour. Oh dear! <laughs> so yeah, don't don't have massive pileups in the tunnel because we won't get to see them. So do we think uh, do we think these all uh, these reverse grids will work? I think it's a good idea. I think it will work in some places and it won't work in others and it will be interesting to see whether or not it works in more than it doesn't and that will be how we decide whether it stays or not I think Bahrain will be the uh, Bahrain will be the clincher because that can, I, that can be a dull fest I think the thing is um, like qualifying I, I think there was quite a few duffer qualifiers last year which sort of lost where I kind of started losing my interest in it. And what I, the other thing I'd say is, realistically, it's only the last 10 minutes of qualifying that's actually interesting sometimes. You know, it's Q1 you can miss altogether, and you might miss in the odd race, like a Ferrari do something wrong, or like just one of the top scalps goes out, which is a bit surprising. But in general, the same cars go out in the same order, and then you wait to see who's going to get pole. 
Uh, Both Williams, a Toro Rosso, a Haas, and probably Lance Stroll. And no, but he's, yeah, but yeah. he's well bad at qualifying. Well bad at qualifying. Stroll does make up places in races, so this actually could fix him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you could put you could put money on him not making it to Q two last year. That's true. I think there would be more ex- for for all, for the, all the sprint races that didn't work. I think there would be more interesting sprint races than there are interesting normal qualifying sessions. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, guarantee. I mean, yeah, qualifying qualifying has been decidedly dull. Yeah, I, I'm a bit confused. I'm, I'm confused at the backlash. This is this is one of the reasons why. Like, it's because Mercedes don't like it, and if Mercedes don't like it, the fanboys don't like it, and there comes no, the backlash. No, it's social. It's social media. Therefore, when any ever anybody says something on social media, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and it's only ever the the, the whinges that get heard. But yeah, I think we've got a season now that is a little bit of a wild card, so why not try something a bit different? I think it's really exciting. I think we, we might end up at the end of this season once it starts going, we should start the season in August all the time, or July, sorry, all the time, and have the races all bunched up together. Because it's a completely different challenge. I think it's harder. I think this is going to be a harder championship to win than the over-the-year one because they're just not going to get a chance to turn off, and they're going to be travelling constantly. I mean, they said they said they were never going to have a triple header again after 2018. And nobody was prepared to be able to do a triple header, and now we're going to get three? Well, it's, At it's least. A, basically, basically, the season is a header. It's a season header now. It is pretty much, isn't it? It's more about, like, you get one week off every now and then. Yeah. It is pretty full on once they get going. Sounds like the Less way, than, sounds like gonna, the way that I gonna, work at the minute. They're going to earn their massive wage packets this t- this year. <laughs> um, right. The other the other thing is it's now looking more and more <coughs> certain because we said Hungary was going to be third that the British British Grand Prix are going to be four and five in the season. I hate to be that guy, but is it not Grand Prix? Well, <laughs> it is. Yes, but. Also, no, because they're not. Where there's going to be two races in one place, they're not going to have the same name. So we're not going to have British Grand Prix one and British Grand Prix two, or Austria one and two, or Bahrain two and one. Um, there's talk of calling the second races in countries something different. All oh, right, so the naming rights are up for grabs. Possibly. So we're going to have Boaty McBoatface Grand Prix. That's what happens when they let us name things in Britain. Because democracy does not work. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so we could get the European Grand Prix back. At Silverstone. Oh, I was going for Bahrain. No, Silverstone. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's about as logical as Baku. <laughs> Well, watch, watch all of the Brexiteers get really angry that the European Grand Prix is held at Silverstone. <laughs> um, I mean, the Autosport had an article about this um, about a week or so ago, and they're talking about sort of memorialising races, having the Nicky Lauda Grand Prix as a second race in Austria and the Stirling Moss Grand Prix in uh, in Britain. But I, mm, I, I, yeah. I, I think they need to be inventive with the names. I think it's stupid that, like the it it, it it it's just weird. You know, it's 
Well, you, the you, whole situation you have a, you, is weird, isn't it? You have a race in a country, so it's that country's race. Uh, so just for this season, you have two British Grand Prix. Just have two British Grand Prix. I think you We're can call it... We're not going to race it, around Stirling Moss. You can call it what you like, can't you? We're still going to call it a British Grand Prix. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. If they, if, they, if they call it something like the Northamptonshire Grand Prix... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something you'd see at a village fete. Yeah. Yes, I suspect that's an event involving cheese contests and stuff like that. You could that. have the British and English Grand Prix, couldn't you, if you wanted to? If you, the if Austrian and Bavarian Grand Prix. Yeah. The Bahrain and the desert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, just go. It's the British Grand Prix. Um, join us next week. For the British Grand Prix, and then and just just two races there without numbers or anything. I'm, I'm sure pre, I'm sure people would work it out. This is the it's in- just how it looks in the history books, isn't it? I mean, Lee and I were having a conversation with longtime listener Jeff Sharp on on Twitter, and Jeff seems to think there'll be an asterisk next to 2020 because it's not a normal season. I'm not convinced that there will be if they can get their 15, 16 races in. Um, before December, I don't see the need for an asterisk. Uh, the asterisk will only take place if, for whatever reason, they can't they you know they, they can't muster that many races, and we only we only end up with like twelve races or something. That's the only the only time I think they'd actually be like, oh, twenty twenty wasn't a full in inverted commas season, because I can still remember because I'm I'm that kind of age. <laughs> a Formula One season had sixteen races and that seemed like a lot. And when they put it up to seventeen, which I think was ninety seven, that was like, whoa, seventeen races? Hold on a minute. Yeah. And and now we're talking about having like twenty one, twenty two races a season. So if if Formula One can get sixteen races in between now and December, ace, that's a full season. It's a different yeah, challenge. Maybe like ten race seasons in the past. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Back yeah, in yeah, the day, totally. you're going back to you're going back to the '60s, '60s for that. But yeah. it is a much different thing as well, isn't it? Like if you have a bad couple of races, that's it. Championship over. If you hit a hot streak, all of a sudden, like you know, we had the thing last year where Charles Leclerc was untouchable. In that season, that little run he had didn't make that much of a difference. Someone gets on a three-four race streak now, they're going to be off. In this, yeah. in the same same way, like if you start the season badly, like you know, a, mm-hmm. a, a crash at the uh, at the first race or something like that, it's you know, it could destroy your championship early. I I I think it's a harder championship to win this. Yeah, there's less time if you do have a couple of bad races. There's less time to you know what is it? Hamilton usually just disappears on a yacht somewhere for a couple of weeks. No time yeah. for that shit. Roman Grosjean is going to have a nervous breakdown. No, it's going to be race after race after race. Bang, race, bang, race, bang, race. You're having a bad Grosjean? season. Bang. Tough shit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Bang, How are they going to make race. front wings quick enough? This is a fair question. What do you think <laughs> they've been doing? <laughs> what do you think they've been doing all this time? That factory wasn't shut. And don't, don't forget, Haas have got uh, various teams of various factories all, all over the world churning out front wings for the, this very eventuality. Forward shipping lo- 3D printers. Just and and closing one factory down when when lockdown happens in that country, and then opening another up in another country that didn't have lockdown. Permanently buying buildings and building front wings. How do you think New Zealand has managed to get itself back on track economically after the lock, after their lockdown finished? Hass have actually bought their entire manufacturing infrastructure. 
Oh, I, I was going to say earthquake was last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say they seem to have a figurehead that knows what the fuck she's doing. <laughs> there you go, Williams. You want a leader? New Zealand's got one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, prob- problem is, though, there is already an Arden Racing. I think Christian Horner would be pissed off if somebody nicked the name off her. Hers is spelt differently. She's Ardern. Oh, right, OK. She's then. got a second R at the end. <laughs> it could be like both Lotai all over again. <laughs> you could have Arden and Ardern. Yeah, but neither of the Lotai were the original Lotus, were they? Lotai, I like that as the plural. They both had the rights to different parts of Lotus that Lotus had, had sold off when they went bust. Right. There we go. Right, let's have some other good news. The Italian Grand Prix is going to be a thing until 2025 now. Is it on the calendar for 2020? I, I've, I, It's changed so often and I don't have it in front of I me think, because I'm slack. Do you know yeah, what? it is, that is, isn't it? it is, that is one that is that hasn't changed. It's still taking place on its original date that was announced last the, December. Like 9th of September or something. Yeah. Cool. But they've uh, they've signed an um, an extension to their deal because it was looking at one point it was looking doubtful for this year, wasn't it? About this time last year, I think they they or it might have actually been around about their race weekend. They were they were in the last year of their contract, and then they signed. A, I think it was a four year, must have been a four year or five year. I can't count. <laughs> they signed a new contract, and then yeah, suddenly tonight they've added an extra year to it. I wonder if this is to make up for the fact that there's a good chance that this year's Italian race will go on without spectators. So it gives them a chance to um, have four years of racing in front of paying crowds. Yeah, this is a fair point. Yeah, possibly. Uh, the, the the thing is, though, um, they're doing a lot better than a lot of other places that are going to hold races. Okay, yeah, still behind closed doors, but um, you know, finally, months after after they were really hit with a hammer blow with the virus, they they actually have it under control. Um, so, you know, give it a couple more months and hopefully they'll, you know, they'll be able to, re- what's the word, release some uh, some of the measures and just sort of you know, lighten them, lighten the load a little bit on the people. And they, they may be able to have some attendance. Uh, hasn't Austria said they're going to have 500 spectators? Um, no, the the Austrian government has said none whatsoever. Uh, yeah, that's changed. Five hundred spectators. I'm I'm sure of it. If you have a little Google, I'm just having a look now. Now, yeah. Austin is hoping to have twenty five percent attendance by the time of their race this year. Yeah, oh, well, I, I said last, last week, didn't I? That the I, I the, the way they're opening up, I'd have thought. But, I mean, there's, now America has new problems, so who knows what's going to go on with people going to things like races and stuff. Yeah, according to the BBC, the Red Bull Ring is still happening behind closed doors. However, the story next to that on the BBC's Formula One website is, Dude, that was amazing. Is Kvyat joining Biffy Clyro? Yeah, he's got <laughs> guitar lessons. Did you see that? I did, yeah. yeah. Nope, completely missed that one. What was it? It was guitar lessons in exchange for e-racing lessons. Which seems like a fair deal. Yeah, why not? So if any of our listeners want to learn how to play bass and you're pretty good at eye racing, I could definitely improve from my usual 13th places here. I'm just throwing it out there. And I'll do like pretty much anything to join Biffy. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, when was, I, when was I reading this? It was a listener that sent it in. Chris, uh, Chris Olson, thank, thank you for your email, Chris. Um, I mean, it, look, it looks like Cota are trying to run as big, a, uh, as big a schedule as it's possible to do at the moment, but it does look like they're going to be... They're going to be allowing 25% attendance in without all the normal uh, Circuit of the Americas US Grand Prix events. So there's going to be no big Friday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday night gigs. Yeah, I think this is a Texas-wide rule, isn't it? If you have open-air venue, you can have quarter capacity. Yeah. Which would probably still be about eight or nine times the attendance at Bahrain. Oh yeah, Bahrain will be fine, won't they, for quarter attendance? That'd be you won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> but what the Bahrain Grand Prix promoters have done is actually got in touch with all the Australian rugby league and German football teams, saying, "Well, you don't need those cardboard standees anymore. Can you just ship them over to us?" Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I've googled this five hundred fans in Austria thing. Cannot find it. I wonder where I read. I wonder where I read that then. I know I read it somewhere. Anyway, maybe, maybe it was just a proposal. Did you have some cheese before sleep or something? Was it a weird dream? No, I think so. I haven't been drinking a lot either. Oh, and uh, you, said, you said the G word, and that kicked. I that did kicked wonder what I was hearing off. there. Yes, we have one of those G devices in here as well as one of those A devices. Ah, uh, I must turn voice controls off on both of those. Um, so. Yes, where were we? So, yeah, I, I wonder if this, this Italy thing is down to F1 giving them the opportunity for four years of fans, which which was allowed, which, to be honest, seem, seems like a good idea. And at the moment, any races that can be had at any point over the next five, five to six years is a damn good, damn good plan. Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think next year we'll we'll be back to a, a fairly normal-ish calendar. I don't think. Hopefully, next year we won't see any any cancellations due to any viruses or anything. All be all being well, that the, uh, the this not hoped for second peak doesn't happen and we get a, get a relatively normal winter. Well, let's, yeah. let's all be fucking. Let's all be honest here. Like, if there's an alien invasion before the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised the way things are going. No, me neither. Twenty twenty needs to chill the fuck out. <laughs> We've had this conversation already, Lee. Nothing to do with twenty twenty. <laughs> it is. It's the whole numbers. 2020, 2019 passed a bag to 2020 as 2019 was leaving the party. 2020, 2020 walked in with, with coronavirus and fires for everyone. <laughs> uh, and fucking hay fever as well by the feel of my face. Okay, I think, think I've got to the bottom of this Austria thing. So officially the ban on spectators at sports in Austria is on events of over 500 so in theory, they could have up to 500, but F1 right, specifically okay. has made it a behind-closed-door. Right. So oh, I think there's been some confused. wild speculation about the fact that they could have 500 if they really, really wanted to. Possibly from um, a similar Formula One site that said Toto Wolf was definitely retiring. It could happen. Within the next week. This happened about a That's week ago. Less yeah. Yeah, uh, it's been a week since it was announced that Toto Wolff was going to retire, and well, he 
hasn't retired yet. I am dreading the jump cut that I'm probably going to have to have curse myself <laughs> I, with for tomorrow. I'm about to say something that I may regret as well. Oh, good. I, jump cuts I are also, available. <laughs> so Jacques Villeneuve. I also saw a lot of people, listeners, and also people I follow on Twitter, retweeting a horrendously unreliable Formula One source saying that Renault have confirmed that Alonso is an option for 2021. Nowhere else is reporting this. Do you know what? That was the same site that was quoting the uh, Toto to retire one. Bollocks. I mean, technically, he is. He is an option. He is a driver not under contract, just like Maldonado is an option. Um, Lucas Degrassi would be an option. John Eric Vern is an option. Taki Inouye. Yeah. Michael Schumacher. Technically, yeah. Not not under contract. Moss hasn't signed for anyone next year. No. Yeah, anyone who doesn't have a contract is technically an option. That is not factually incorrect. <laughs> it doesn't make necessarily make it a news story. But have Renault confirmed anything? No, not, 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 not as far as I, as far as I can see. Yeah, they said they're not going to do any serious talks until after some racing has happened. Yeah, The only thing Renault have confirmed is Danny Ricciardo is not going to be driving for them next year. I, yeah. I I have a theory on why they're not announcing anything anything like quickly, is because Alonso is an option and he wants to see what what this year's car is like before he talks to them about it. That could count for any driver. No, no, but I think for, for him specifically, like take Valtteri Bottas for instance, because I think Vettel's going to sign for Mercedes. Um, I think he if if Alonso doesn't go to Renault. Bottas will go to will go to Renault, but Bottas will, will, would want to stay in the sport. Whereas Alonso, will, will, if that Renault would have to be up there with McLaren in like the like fighting for fourth for Alonso to come in next year. Probably, but I mean it's Renault. Maybe the reason that they aren't going to announce signing anyone is they're not going to be around. And it will, let's, uh, and no, it, let's it, not, will be, it will forget. be them that decide. It will be the new owners. That car looked all right in in testing. I know it was a long time ago now, but we, we <laughs> keep talking remember. about. Yeah, <laughs> we keep talking about the Renault like it's in the same same position it was last year, where it does look like it's not done a bad job, and because of the real freezes as well. If someone, whoever's going to go to Renault is going to be driving the same car next year. I think we're probably still a couple of other driver movements off really knowing who's going to be in the mix. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, don't forget, Danny Kvyat hasn't been fired for a while. This is true. (laughs) Maybe Biffy Clyro have fired him. Do you think he's got potential to go to a team, though? Like, has he done enough to be on the shopping list of somebody? Who? Kvyat? Yeah. No, but every time he gets fired, something else happens elsewhere. That's true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pierre Gasly's still got a job this week. For now. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, his penultimate race, though, did he not, like, get a podium? He beat Lewis Hamilton in a drag race to the to the line. Yeah, he did finish strongly. He got a podium. Albon didn't. 
That was it Hamilton was as race. well, though, wasn't it? <laughs> it, was in, it was in the same race, and it was Hamilton that was yeah. involved in both incidents. <laughs> One's going too fast, the other not quite fast enough. Correct. And then, technically, he didn't get on the podium anyway, because we all know Carlos Sainz should have stood up on that podium. Also true. Yeah. Moving, moving swiftly away. Um, we're gonna have, we're gonna end up with silly season part two later on in the year. I think that that is pretty much a given. Whole season is yeah. a silly season. All right, even sillier season. <laughs> silly. It's, it kicked off with Vettel left Ferrari, and he's not even left yet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every, everyone's talking about him. Like, um, he's decided that he's not racing this year, and I don't know. He's, he's retired to go and take up woodworking full-time and make pancakes while wearing Crocs. Well, some people are, some people are talking like, like the driver movement's already announced, uh, you know, that it's happened already. Like, we're not going to see Vettel in a Ferrari anymore ever again. Like, we, <laughs> of course we are. Science isn't moving to Ferrari until 2021. We've still got this season to get out of the way first. I, I thought it was really funny when um, Science turned around and said all he's focused on is making sure McLaren finished fourth in the championship. I was there thinking, I, I, I don't think Vettel uh, is keeping himself awake at night trying to work out how he can maximise Ferrari's finishes. <laughs> <laughs> no, as I said you know, a couple of weeks ago, when, um, when the news was still kind of, well, I say it's kind of fresh, it was still a week old, it's going to be Vettel racing for himself and not for Ferrari, which I think is... Uh, is going to prove entertaining I mean, for the rest of the season. Don't, don't forget, don't forget the saying: a week is a long time in F one. It's just this year. A week is about five years anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, this is true. I've been told, by the way, I've got to take next week off work because I booked it as holiday. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, we've had we had the opposite at work. I couldn't get a bloody holiday for a couple of months. I was like, yeah. oof. And because of our. A cancelled bank holiday, local bank holiday. Don't panic, UK people. Um, I have to go into work on the Friday, so I have to have four days off and go into work on the Friday. Hilarious! It's <laughs> amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I managed to cancel all the time off I'd booked for TT on. Uh, well, within about half an hour of the announcement, because I thought they'll probably bloody hold me to this, and I can. I can use it better some other point during the year before finding out I'm not going to get a chance to take it. My boss is now a bloody politician, and he's leaving. Oh dear! Yeah, I'm not actually that that bothered about taking a week. It means I can actually work on the music I didn't work on when lockdown was actually a thing. <laughs> well, I've still got another month of working from home, so I would have started working on some music this week. But I bought a new mixing desk, and it arrived broken. Oh, yeah. handy! Yeah, and it was going to be the new podcast mixing desk as well. So we're now waiting for a second one to come. A different make this time, one that doesn't make a god-awful hissing noise or say Behringer on it. <laughs> Behringer has stepped up. They're all right now. It's... In that case, I bought old stock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're using the last three available channels on a Behringer desk here tonight. What if it 12, 12 channels? Is that what it's got? Yeah, but how old is that one? Well... We're not entirely sure. Um... The pod- the last couple of years, Behringer have like really stepped up. The guy who took over Behringer, I know this is totally nothing to do with Formula One, don't really care. Uh, the guy who took over Behringer, he's, he's basically said that he's tired of like all the jokes being like, oh, buy Behringer, buy twice, you know, and stuff like that. So he's, he's really made an effort for, for Behringer to produce some decent stuff. 
And yeah. even uh, Martin, who used to do mostly audio with Lee, has said that um, Behringer stuff is really good now. I mean, the old joke was, how, how do you get your hands on Behringer gear? Buy a second-hand shop and wait. Yeah, it's, yeah it's a great, uh, that would work. <laughs> but no, there's a new Tascam desk coming next week. So we should, uh, we should sound better once we can all sit around the same table and record when we're recording around here. That sounds like a good idea. And, of course, with the way that the Isle of Man uh, lockdown situation is at the moment, we could actually do a three-quarter podcast with only one person on Skype, as long as what that one person is Lee or Chris. Unless, of course, Lee and I move in together, and then we can both be in the same room at the same time. Well, it is Pride Week. <laughs> it's Pride, Pride Month. Pride. Whole month. Oh, for month, sorry. Wow. <laughs> we will, however... Even if, I, I imagine things may have evolved by then, but even if the current rules are still in place when we get to races... Things would have certainly evolved if me and Flood decided to move in together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even even when we get to races, we can blog in the same room. That That is true, because Chris will still be able to come around here to do the blog, and we'll be doing the um, live YouTube wrap-up shows afterwards as well. Cool. Because we've got that camera kit and I'm determined I'm going to bloody use it round here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right, I think that is about it. Apart from, there was one one bit of news about Indy Lights being cancelled, but as they only have ten drivers signed up for this season, I think that would have happened coronavirus or otherwise. And it's IndyCar. And we we only care about 500 when it launches, in it? And how about the rest of the season when McLaren are in it? We only care about it when Alonso's in it. <laughs> oh, McLaren have announced that they aren't going to be running a third car at selected events this year because um, they were going to do that at one point to bring in guest drivers. So we could have actually seen Alonso do other races with the possibility of Lando Norris as well taking or part Jensen in something. Button. Or Jensen Button. But apparently they're going to hold that off until next year. So that could be one to watch out for in 2021, the, uh, the McLaren wildcard drivers. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd be interesting. I'd like to see that. I like, you know, it, 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 it would be good for Indy as well, you know, to... There's always, like, a bit of extra interest comes from the rest of the world when there's a Formula One driver there, isn't there? They've got Marcus Ericsson. There's always a bit of extra interest when there's a Formula <laughs> One driver there. <laughs> have you got your iPad to hand? I have. Right, Let's go. Let's who's, Let's whose name are you liquidising this week? Dead easy. Uh, I'm, this one is by Paul Banks. Oh, oh okay. Hey, just a, cheers, just, Banksy. Just, just, just a subtle hint. If you've got a name, surname of four syllables or more, get a total shunt in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just use their name. Uh, first, first, first total shunt as well, I think he's done. Long time I didn't li- recognise the name, so welcome, Paul, and yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to it. Let's, let's get on it. Long time listener, uh, first time shunter. I was, <laughs> I was born. Yay! In 1973. Okay, so, so 47. 47. Yeah. I began karting a little bit late at the age of 16. That is monumental. That's quite that late. Is, yeah. That is really late. Yeah. I have competed in series series like the uh, British Formula 3, Formula 3000, IndyCar Lights, Kart Series, Formula 1, 
and Champ Car World Series. Ooh, I was going to say someone like Gary Paffett, but I don't know if he's competed in all of those. I don't think Gary Paffett is quite that old either. Still technically a young driver. I think he probably is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's only because McLaren kept putting like cryo freeze when they weren't using him. <laughs> How old Jack Villeneuve? Well, that's a, that's a, yeah, he can't be far off that. that is, must, that's a reasonable think, shit. Yeah, I think he was... Was he about 26, 27 when he won the title in 97? So that might not... That might rule him out. How yeah. old would Dan Weldon have been? Ooh, he was... I want to say he was 38 when he died, which was 2012, 2011... So, yeah, he, he would... didn't he in 2011, Dan Weldon? Or Justin it... Wilson, because Dan Weldon didn't do much in Formula 1 apart from a couple of tests, but Justin Wilson had a couple of seasons. Justin Wilson was late 30s when he died, so I don't think he would have quite been there yet. But Dan Weldon would be about the right age, I think, if maths are good. Should we go with Dan Weldon for a first guess? It's a good, reasonable yeah. guess. Yeah, why not? Okay. Amazing. Sorry, I was having a yawn. Um, I have won Indy Lights Rookie of the Year. The following year, I won the Drivers' Championship. Okay, so how long was Indy Lights going before they binned it this year? Um, I want to say it's been it's been around for about twenty years. Well, if person didn't start casting until they were 16 and they were born in 73, then we assume we're looking post-mid-80s anyway. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, if they were 16 when they started casting, that's, that's 89. Yeah. So. And then there was things like British Formula 3. And... Yes, which is your normal late teens, isn't it? Mm. would be about right for that. So we're looking somebody sort of maybe late 90s, early 2000s getting into the sport. So Dan Weldon would, would fit that profile. Mm. I was the 2002 Kart Series World Champion. Now that's, that's in the days when there was two Indy cars. Because there was Kart and the Indy Racing League. And at the time Kart was the good one, but the Indy Racing League won in the end. And, they, and when they re-merged... Yeah. I'm pretty sure Dan Weldon did win a championship. I think he did. I don't know what year, but I'm sure he hmm. did. Uh, so we've got another clue before the next guess? Yep. I competed in Formula One for two years, outscoring uh, my seasoned veteran French teammate in the first year. Right. That's so, think that rules out Dan Weldon because he didn't. Uh, he never raced, he only tested. Who would be a seasoned French veteran in this era? Jean Alacy. Jean Alacy? Yeah. So he would have been... Late 90s, he was either with Benetton or Sauber, depending on whereabouts in the 90s we're looking. And his teammate at Sauber was Gerhard Berger. No, his teammate at Benetton was Gerhard Berger. Sorry, yeah, Benetton was Gerhard Berger. Sauber... Was Johnny Herbert? 
who is definitely older than 47. Other seasoned veterans in Formula One by that point would have been Olivier Panis, who would have been driving a Prost in the late 90s. With um, numerous teammates. I was going to say, the, the team, teammates seem to change on a weekly basis. <laughs> but yeah, over two seasons, though. I can't think of <coughs> might have been in for two seasons. In fact, Alessi was in a Prost at one point as well, wasn't he? Possibly. not. Memory's gone hazy. I'm usually pretty good at that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, there was a, almost like a revolving door at either... Either Samba or Prost. I'm anyway, now, I'm now thinking. Think, I'm now thinking Justin Wilson. Uh, he did two seasons. He was Joe, Jordan or Jaguar. I can never remember. Um, Jaguar Min, and Minardi. Yeah, who will his teammate have been? Again at Minardi. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Yeah, it could have been Mark Webber, could have been Fernando Alonso, could have been somebody that was there for three quarters of an hour. Ideally, someone who was French, we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we need a couple more clues before we can revisit that, but I Shall think we... that's quite an important thing to try and remember. Um, and I we... think we have to do a guess on this, don't Go we? Just oh, do Wilson? <coughs> I think that was, that, was that question six, Lee? Yep. Wilson? Justin Wilson? Why not? I haven't got anything else at the moment. I made unfavourable comments about my uncompetitive car and lost my race seat follow, uh, to a fellow Brazilian. Brazilian? Yeah. Ooh, Tony Canaan? Did he, did he no, do F1? never did Formula 1. Ah, no. um, what nationality was Thiago Montero? Portuguese. Portuguese. Okay, so Montero was Portuguese. Felipe Massa's not the guy we're looking for because he nope. wouldn't have been 2002 kart champion. Bruno isn't 47. Bruno Senna? He's not 47. No. No, and he's also not 2002 kart champion. Um, somebody, we're, we're thinking of somebody like Formula One, Brazilian 90s. It's got to be 90s, sort of 2000 for them to then gone to IndyCar and and won well kart and won the championship for two thousand and two. I can't think. I can't think of any Brazilian drivers that have done that. No. Roberto Moreno, but no, it wouldn't have been Roberto Moreno. Because hang on, Roberto Moreno was teammates with Bertrand Gascher, wasn't he? Um. Yes, I think he was. So Roberto Moreno might be a might be. I'm not sure if Moreno was Brazilian. I think he was. Or Pedro Diniz. Pedro Diniz was Brazilian. Oh yeah, but he was around for more than two seasons, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and also he wouldn't have been the 2002 car champion. I don't think. What's getting? Somebody who made he made a comment about an uncompetitive car and lost a seat to a fellow Brazilian. Do you know what Felipe Massa drove for Sauber? So we're looking at somebody who drove for who repl Massa replaced someone at Sauber because the the seasoned Frenchman is going to be Jean Alesi. Yeah. So who would it have likely to have been? Would you like the next clip? Yes, please. So. Yeah. Uh, my dad is a multiple-time British touring car champion. 
Okay. Don't <laughs> don't all come at me at once. Don't uh, worry, we won't. No. I was knocked unconscious in testing after colliding with a deer and spending <laughs> nearly two weeks in hospital. Christ. <laughs> That's I'm gonna say now, if I knew that story, that would be it, that would I would be fine. I would in test, this testing is not what? something Yeah. <laughs> if I only knew the answer to that, I'd know it. But no, it's one of those if you know this person, you're gonna know that fact about them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there aren't a lot of deer-related motorsport injuries. I don't know. No. You, you get some interesting ones around the TC, don't we? I mean, there's wallabies on the course. Yeah, that is that is true. Crash, doe, a deer. <laughs> <laughs> right. How many more clues do we have? You have one. There is oh, no spaffer. Oh, we're going to oh. need it. Uh, All right. Okay. I, I'm surprised by you, actually, because I'm not very good at these, and I know who this is. And I, I, yeah, but you're I looking at the answer. You've got it written no. down in front of you. Yeah. That helps. I, I read the bloody questions first before I get to the bottom to see if I can get it. Sometimes. It's my little thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whatever you want it to be. After retiring from motorsport... Um, I now take care of finances and logistics for my uh, family's clothing business. Don't all come at me at once. I feel like I know less. Oh, God. It's definitely not Dunnes because his family business is supermarkets. It's dead. The Salma makes it dead easy. There's no spaffer of this either. No, No half point. He drove for Salba. <laughs> so, so he drove. We so already know this. But he drove for Salba alongside Jean Alesi and would have lost his seat to Felipe Massa. But I can't remember what his name was. Esteban Tuero. No, he was Argentinian. I think. Um. I, to be fair, Gaston, it, it, Gaston Mazakain. Also Argentinian, I think. <laughs> We're learning that you are quite good on the old Argentinians, just not knowing that they're Argentinian. No, I... I'm trying to think of any... His name, his name was... I remember having a joke. You know, you, his you name was dead. all worked up here, but it really doesn't matter. Cristiano de Mata. I am Cristiano de Mata. <laughs> <laughs> the forgotten Brazilian. <laughs> yeah, Cristiano de Matta. I was just about to say that his name was like suspiciously similar to someone else's. It was named as suspiciously similar to Felipe Matta's. That's an empty matter here. We're gonna have to look this deer story up. Yes, I would. I would like to know more about that. Sean, you look up the deer story while I do Formula Lee. Is it that Cristiano was, de Matta or Cristiano de Matta? I think it's Cristiano. Cristiano de Matta. I think I may have yeah. just made him a lady. I do apologise, <laughs> Mr. De Matta. Right. The... It's okay. That's a bit of his bitch. <laughs> Actually, I won't do Formula Lee. I will ask Lee, how do you send in a total shunt? You can tweet me at a total shunt, uh, send me a private message for it, or you can send me a private message on Instagram, also at a total shunt. Cool as. Right. Now then, Formula Lee. It was Monaco in the wet in a 2019 McLaren. And we've got top three of Adam Wilby in third with 124.028. Alessandro Popolani in second with 124.004. And winning again is Carl Toomey with a 123.974. 
Formula Lee is taking a little bit of a break until the new game comes out now. Because I can't find any track and car combinations apart from really ridiculously slow cars in the wet, which are getting a bit boring, where the leaderboard isn't full and people can actually see the times that they've set. So I think we're going to call time on the um, on the 2020 pre-season season and on the 2019 game. God, I'm confusing myself here. And then we'll kick it off again in July when F1 2020 comes out. I think that, I think that is probably a good idea. Otherwise, we'll just end up doing it in a wet in a wet race in a McLaren every week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, 2020 game is going to be fun, isn't it? Because none of the 2020 seasons actually as it is in real life. Yeah, there'll be two, had, two tracks that we don't know and car form that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I had absolutely no interest in buying the new Formula 1 game until they said you can make your own team and there was driver transfers. And uh, I think you can do driver transfers between um, F2 as well. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm interested yeah, the the management the management aspect of it now it may, like interests me more than the actual game. If anybody else ever played Microprose's Grand Prix Manager, I loved that game. They, anything that was, was editable great. in it. That was absolutely brilliant. I've actually I've actually um, I actually downloaded it from GOG. I forgot. I've still, was that I've the still is that it. the EA Sports one? No, it was the one. No, it's Microprose. It's um, it's. Uh, literally just a management game you don't really get to see you don't see any racing all you saw was like the outline of the track and yeah like the race lasted like two minutes rather than you know but you could you called all the strategy even mid-race you could like decide what to do and things like that it was i really loved grand prix manager and i, I can't remember what season it was based on i think it was a 94 season but even like when i was playing it in like 97 when there were teams that that didn't exist you know, on the games, I was like, "Well, they've gone, so I'll just replace them with, uh, you know, Tyrrell or whatever." You know, um, the, the first and, one, and, and you could change the drivers. You change the drivers' names as well, so you could have an, a totally up-to-date season, and then just have your own team if you wanted to, with your name next to it at the bottom. It, it was amazing. I loved it. First one was based on '94, and the second one was based on '97, which had the full grid apart from uh, Jacques Villeneuve, who they replaced with John Newhouse. Yeah, I don't remember that. I remember, I remember F one ninety seven was uh, Williams number one. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the the EA one was buck wild because you could just change everything. I um, I think I took Schumacher and Hakkinen uh, to Ferrari, and then the I took Mercedes engines in my Ferrari. Oh yeah, I, mean, I remember on the Microprose one, Ferrari, Ferrari having a Nissan engine at one point. <laughs> also, Nissan being a supplier for F1 engines. Yes, I don't yeah. seem to recall they've ever done that. Um, no. The other, the other thing when F1 2020 comes out is we're going to look to start doing a league. Well, three leagues for actual, three leagues, four wheels. Three, le- three leagues, four wheels. <laughs> nice one, Chris. <laughs> Um, one for PC, one for Xbox, and one for PlayStation. We're going to start putting league racing together for that, because now now that we've discovered the fun of the fun of sim racing and um, getting points and winning in that, or not winning, or crashing through iRacing, um, I think uh, I think we need to get uh, three legs, four wheels league started out for the F1 game. I think so. I won my first GTE race in iRacing the other day. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, we had the uh, we had the the 
kind of Belgian Grand Prix at the weekend, but it were in Formula 3 cars, which which was a fun one. Did my advice help at all whatsoever, despite the fact I have no idea what I'm doing? Carry a lot of speed through the chicane at the end of the Camel Straight? Yes. Yeah, it kind of worked. Until that, Good. until that time I hit the barrier, lost uh, lost a wheel, and then had to wait three minutes to get towed back to the pits. But other than that, it went great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was took out by somebody. Somebody that that messaged me later on to apologise for it. <laughs> If anyone is on yeah, that, that's good sportsmanship. It know? was that, that's it, the equivalent in going into the garage afterwards and being like, oh, "I fucked up, man. I'm really sorry." If anyone is on iRacing, um, get in touch because we've got we have races usually every um, every Sunday evening UK time, and there's a Discord chat running all the way through the race, and we just uh, we just have a laugh while we're doing it. It's not not serious because it's not a proper league yet, but again, that might happen soon. In fact, this this week's race is going to be street stocks round the Phoenix Oval. They're horrible. Those cars are horrible. They're horrible and slow and slidey, and I don't like them. Yeah, but mine looks cool. I'll put my band logo on it, so I, I, I like those cars now. Your car does look cool. I've got to hope that somebody's made a McLaren skid for it. <laughs> <laughs> I will publish the, um, the Formula E final, uh, final scores on the website. It's probably already up there by the time you listen to this, unless you're a patron. Because if you are a patron, you get to hear the show on a Monday night um, before Wednesday when we release it at the moment. And if you go to patreon.com slash wheels, you can sign up for as little as $1 a month. And there's all sorts of benefits that are listed on there. Uh, you can even listen, listen to the show live on uh, on Discord if you, uh, if you subscribe to Patreon and you want to put yourself through listening to us talking all the assorted crap that goes with the show as well and um, sticking around afterwards. If you want to get in touch with us, then... At Three Legs Four Wheels on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Three Legs Four Wheels at gmail.com if you're old school and want to email. And individually, we're all on Twitter as. At Sean Cowper. At Flood21. Lee, do you want to give yours again because it's been a while? I'm at a Total Shunt. And I'm at Pablo100. Uh, right, we will bugger off now. Uh, we're going to jump onto Discord and have a chat with anyone that's still, uh, still lurking around there. And. Uh, We'll be back next week with, yeah, summer. I'm sure it's ramping up now, though, isn't it? You know, it's that that's a few weeks and a couple of weeks, three weeks in a row, maybe that we've had proper Formula One stuff to talk about. You know, it's getting. Do you, want, do you want to know something? Do you want to know something? Looking at the logistics and how Formula One works, it means that the teams are going to start shipping stuff out before we do the next podcast. <gasps> yeah. That's exciting. There will actually be Formula One stuff on a road somewhere. Ooh. I don't. I don't know if you mentioned this during the podcast, but as well we've been doing the podcast, I've been like just flicking through things, wait, like looking for that that news article that pops up before we finish recording. And uh, there was an article that stated that the te- Formula One teams have gone back to work this week before uh, in prep for the new season. There's been a few of them posting like factory pictures and stuff on um, yeah. on the socials today. Oh, stop headbutting my microphone, you twat. Oh, you're being invaded, oh, you're being invaded by a podcast. She's taken it completely away from my mouth. I, oh, and she's now, about, she's now about to stand on the mixing desk. Tell you what, I think it's probably a good time for us to disappear. Stay safe. <laughs> and we will has see, spoken. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. We will. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.